We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. It's about a thing. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Well, it's another week. We're back at Brunch Culture. Brunch Culture BC. We are here. So, I went to court this week. You went to court? Yeah. Because the person, if y'all listen on the regular, you know I was in the car accident. Oh, your a few car months accident. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your car accident. How was it? So, Yeah. And the lady hit me, and for yeah, she didn't realize she hit me. I remember. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you remember that whole debacle? Yep, yep, yep. So she got the ticket, of course. Okay. This is the thing. She appealed the ticket. And so we in court. I had to drive two hours to Orlando for for this because I was subpoenaed to be a witness. And I asked, I asked an attorney, I was like, hey, do I have to go? And they were like, yeah. Yeah, you've been subpoenaed. You got to go. I was trying to get around it. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I had to go. And so I went and we get in front of the judge. She tells the judge, the judge was like, well, you have your witness, you know, to plead your case. She tells the judge she's not a witness because she was involved. Okay. The judge said, yes, she is a witness. She said, well, if she a witness, I'm a witness. She said, yeah, you are. <laughs> so she, she, tell, she tells the, uh, the, the, uh, the lady, she says, well, she sped off. And had I not parked, um, so she would be able to find me. Ma'am, how are you just going to straight up lie? Yes. I had to come to you. And when I came to you and said, you hit me, you said that's what that was. What are you talking about? Talking about uh, I sped off and you parked so I could find you. What? That doesn't even make sense. Wow. Why didn't you come to my car? And so I was like, well, that's not true. She looked at me like, why are you lying? What? Ma'am, why are you lying? Wow. <laughs> she goes off on the judge and the cop telling him that he took my side because I gave uh, my testimony first. He said, well, ma'am, just based on both of your testimonies and the fact that you came over out of your lane and veered into her lane and hit her and the way the impact was, I looked at the damage on both of y'all cars, you're at fault. Uh-uh, because I looked at the damage. My damage was up here, hers was down here. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Poor lady. So the judge was like, well, do you have pictures? She, she, how are you going to appeal something? You didn't even bring pictures of your car. I had pictures on my phone, so I showed the judge the pictures. And she was like, well, this isn't fair because it's her. It's both of our faults. It's not my fault. We both share fault in this. You I was like, both were drivers, I guess. That was her logic. We're both driving. I, I don't know, but it it was just so bizarre. And so she goes off on the judge and the judge is like, 
she I said, Well, I told him the story first because you were in Bur you you went to Burlington to shop. Well, I'm waiting on the police. She said, Well, you knew where I was. Ma'am, what are you talking about? Yes. I knew where you were. So it was just so the judge was like, Okay, well, um, I find you guilty and she got upset and she was like this isn't fair she she said I'm going to appeal well she said well right now you're guilty you can go through the appeals process so I went I, I'm just like ma'am I, am I going to have to drive another two hours again because you're appealing this well, for $166 yeah I'm going to say next time just tell them okay I, ain't, I don't have gas for this I, I mean <laughs> Can I, is there a shuttle bus? Is there a way that I can get there by some other means? Because I ain't going to be able to just drive my car. I might get hit again. <laughs> yeah, they ain't going to be able to do it. I'm just like, ma'am, I got to drive two hours? Thankfully, I like riding. It was a nice ride to clear my head. But I was just frustrated because I had to drive all the way to Orlando and drive back. And I had so much work I needed to do. And I was just like, I wasted a whole day. Because of your shenanigans. For $166. You should have just paid this $166 and call it a day. I'm like, ma'am, do you need me to give you the $166? Well, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll get off the road. That's that's what we, yeah. Maybe she can get a chauffeur. And since she was oblivious to the fact that she ran into somebody, maybe, you know, they'd be like, all right. She we had to walk out together. And she didn't, I didn't want to look at her because she was already talking in her breath. I was just like, ma'am, I'm just trying to get out of here. I don't have, I'm not finna argue with you. Uh, I'm finna sign my paperwork and leave. And yeah, I don't got time. Well, that definitely sounds eventful. Um, (laughs) Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like, so random. Sheesh. But, um, yeah. So, on the scroll. Yeah. This week on the scroll. In other random news, Ben Carson is endorsing Donald Trump. If this election can't get even more bizarre, but you know, I think he's doing it because Ted Cruz kind of uh, did him wrong in um, Iowa, and he knows that Rubio doesn't really have a chance anymore, which I'm kind of salty about. But hey, it is he low? He messed himself up by going low with Donald Trump. He should have stayed took the high road. When so he was, went low, he made himself look bad. So I was actually work, working on a, a piece of why you should pay attention to both campaigns, why you should pay attention to both sides. And I got halfway through it and I realized, you know what? I don't really care about what... Like, it's so much of a circus that I'm just <laughs> going to rely on you. When you tell me the details about who said what and who did what, then I'll pay attention because honestly... It's so much like crap and just crazy stuff that's going in. When I saw, I read there was a there was an article. I think the root posted it that said Megar Ever Megar Ever's uh, brother is endorsing Donald Trump. I was done after that. It was oh, wow. just like you know what I'm. This is too much. This is entirely too much. Did you see the photo of the women that said they had their shirts and the shirt, uh, the shirts put together? Make America red. white again. Yeah, that was at like the Trump rally. It. I just like. It's this is bizarre. Not, yeah, these. But you think about it. These. 
whoever these people are, they believe that this man or this a person that holds these views or people that come to this rally, this group of people, number one, exist in our country, which isn't, you know, it's not shocking. It's not surprising, but it's just kind of one of those things of, yo, seriously, somebody thinks that this is okay. And somebody thinks that this is something that should be. I just, you know, I'm okay. I, 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 I'm all right. It, no. I'm good. I, I, I don't want to know no more information. I don't want to hear anything else. Like, I just, I want Donald Trump to become the, nom- the nominee so Hillary Clinton can beat him. And then we can all, you know, just get over this. Because I'm, this is too much. This is entirely too much. Like, it, it is a complete, complete joke. It's almost so like. So, televangelist Paula White uh, posted today. I don't know if she posted or said that she knows Donald Trump is a Christian because she got him. He wanted a Bible with a word with a autograph of Billy Graham in it. And she got it for him for his birthday a couple years back because she's been his friend for 15 years, apparently. So that makes him a Christian. And she said Billy Graham wrote him a prophetic word. She did not. Now, I've never known Billy Graham to be a prophet. I didn't even think he was in that sect of Christianity. Um, And so they said they asked Billy Graham and his people said no comment. They probably like, first of all, who is Paula White? And when did he... Why are you lying on this man? He about 100. Like, it's too... You you get what I'm saying? Like, it's too much. Like, it it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like, this is starting to get just bizarre, beyond words. It's like people are just developing... Look, stop stories and just like you know what can we do to just you know go over the top that's why i'm even in this whole this whole climate i've i really i feel like this this political primary really makes you realize how much we enjoy extremes i feel like in all of our shows you know it's it's very extreme everything has to be over the top we like cliffhangers we like shock value that's what people buy into and i feel like that's why Donald Trump has gotten the traction that he did. I also think that the media, you know, promotes it. That's why I hate. I just hate having to talk about it, having to discuss it. Like, I'm just, I just want it to go away. I feel like, you know what, if everybody just stopped talking about it, he'd go away. And We got some more months. All the way to November. We got to deal with this. And the shenanigans are just going to get crazier and crazier. And he says the same thing. We're going to build a wall. We're gonna be. It's gonna be big. We're gonna build it. Mexico is gonna pay for it. Um, you know that just makes sense. We're gonna beat China. We're gonna. We don't win anymore. We don't win at anything. We we lose at trade. We lose at healthcare. We lose at everything. We're gonna start winning again. The the thing that frustrates me though, the the thing that frustrates me so much, is the idea of make America great again. Every time that I hear conservatives say that, like, I cringe. Make America great again? Like, I'm always, I always want to say, so Where are we at, going what back point of time, what, at what point of time was America great? Explain to me that point of time. Like, let's go back. I can, I can say we've, we've consistently gotten better. Things have consistently become better in many areas. There's a lot of things we still have to work on. There's a lot of issues, but the one thing, again, I rest on the fact, and this is why I I enjoy being a public servant and 
because there's this idea that I can be a part of change and I can promote change and I can look at certain things and see how things have changed and ex- and expanded and believe that, you know what, I actually can put myself in this situation or get to a point where I can be, you know, an effective change. I can produce a podcast where we can talk about these things. So that's what I love about it. But it's like when you like make America great. So exactly great again. What part do we want to go back to? Which part do we want to go back to? Which part of it was so great that it's gotten so worse now? Like, shut up. Like, it just, yeah, it blows me. It really, really, really blows my mind. Yeah, it's, uh, prayerfully, he doesn't win. I mean, I never thought he would get this far. Yeah, I think he, I think he has real nomination though. I mean, at least at this point, it just seems that way. It really just seems that way. And I'm just, you know, I'm happy because I feel like, once he gets it, you know, people will get some sense and Hillary Clinton can just swoop in and say, all right, enough of this crap. The joke's over. I had him doing this just because. All right, let's move on. Like, yeah. That way. So Bernie, he, you know, him and Hillary were in a debate and he said that um, white people don't know what it's like to live in the ghetto and be poor and it was just like so poor and ghetto is only synonymous with black people like don't you know most of the people that are on welfare are white I mean what are we talking about here like I just feel like you know I was with Bernie you know I, I love his passion I'm just like you're you just show how disconnected you are it's all your passion you're still very disconnected on the issues and you and know I, they showed a video of him saying you know the people under Castro's regime should be thankful for the health care and all that stuff they received right. and crickets came out I'm like Cuban refugees I don't think can agree with you there you just lost them they was with you up until that point here's the thing though the, the, the thing that I say this all the time is like you got there was this piece and i feel like it was so great i i didn't finish i i only read like the first couple of paragraphs of it um uh, there's a guy he writes for very smart brother um i think it's is is it damon young Damon young i don't know if i'm saying it right i could be butchering it but i really do like reading his pieces like he he really he writes for he's the uh the creator um, and like the editor for Very Smart Brother, he also writes for Ed- Ebony.com. But he wrote like a mm-hmm. piece that said, you know, I'm tired of, um, I, I don't want to vote for, I don't like Ber- Bernie Sanders because people expect me to or something like that. And it's kind of like everybody keeps thinking just because I'm black and I, I have to love Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders, there's a photo of him, you know, being arrested during the civil rights movement. And he's been marching with people and all this. And I was like, guys, at the end of the day, you have a 74 year old white guy and a 69 year old white woman. Like they, they aren't in terms of if you're trying to talk about people understanding the movement and understanding and being an ally in a sense, like you, one can be an ally and one can support, but at some point in time, there's going to be a breakdown and understanding 
understanding. At some point in time, their understanding is going to be based off of what they've received, what people have told them, because it's not going to be from sh- from sheer experience. And the ironic thing was during that part of the, the debate, they were actually talking about that topic, right? They were talking about, you know, how disconnected or how much you may not know about, um, you may not understand in terms of what it means to be a, a black or a brown or minority in the country. And so when he's talking about that and then he employs the same idea that is, you know, a part of being a minority, a part of the black experience is being poor. Um, and it's so interesting because I say this like and it's something I had to, you know, check myself in. I remember early on coming from the environment that I came from, I always thought that like, you know, that was just kind of a part of who we were. But it's like once you go and you realize or once for me, once I got exposed to other people, I was like, wait, y'all didn't do this. Wait, this wasn't your experience. Oh, wow. You had what in my mind so often for so long was the white upbringing or the white experience. And so it's like now that he showed his limited scope and ability to, you know, I don't even want to say it's it's his ability to uh, understand it, understand people or like be an ally. Really, it's just that he just doesn't know. He just doesn't get it. Honestly, that's when he he thinks that when people are talking about black people or or minorities or minority issues, those are the people that we're talking. You're just talking about the poor people, and I I would venture to say people don't talk about it enough. But it's like that's what he's trying to appeal to. You're trying to appeal to people that because you're you're a minority you don't have you know the financial success but there's a whole nother story a whole other things that you have to look at of the black middle class their unique experience the black upper class their unique experience in navigating these predominantly white spaces and being black like so it's just really interesting the backlash and this is why i always want to tell people in general like yo you really have to you can't get so dead set and pigeonholed on this person that you love them so much that you're completely anti the other person. Cause it's like, honestly, at the end of the day, they're not like, they're going to piss you off. If you can, if people, and I don't see what people don't understand. If the first black president can piss you off by saying something that you feel like is not considering you or that's completely left field. How in the hello, Bob, did you think that, somebody that's not black that hasn't had a black experience at all but it's just you view as an ally is going to completely get everything like you just can't be that gullible you cannot think that that's actually going to happen you got to know that like at some point in time this guy's going to be disconnected he's probably going to say something that's going to be real stupid and real out of the way and you know i just got to be there to help him out like you can still support him. I think he's an incredible guy. I love, again, I always say I love his passion, but, you know, I was listening to uh, The Breakfast Club today, their interview with Cardi B, and she said something. She was like, he says stuff like, we got to end systematic racism, and, like, he says it as if he's the answer to it, and it's like, bruh, if it hasn't been done yet. The reality is we can focus on this and we can say we want to find ways to improve, but you can't say I'm going to be the one to eliminate it when yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not, it just don't make sense. And I was listening to the interview, like, come on, Cardi B, like, you know, you got it. <laughs> you really get it. And that's, I think it, that's what people don't understand about. I think Hillary articulates this as well as far as like things won't change overnight like you can have these great ideas but it's going to be a process process. and even the people who are on the extreme right with trump 
extreme conservative right wing. Well, I wouldn't call Trump extreme conservative. I think he's just extreme. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that you know, even if he got, even if he was elected, the ideas he has would have to pass through Congress. There's a system in place. Even the ideas he has for uh, overseas, it, somebody was just saying on CNN, he has to think about the Geneva Convention. He can't just do stuff. Right. And people are thinking, like, jumping on these bandwagon of ideas. And it's like, no, there's a system in place. Like, he can't exactly. do these things. No one, no one is all, it's like the presidency is not a dictatorship. Like you don't, or you, it's not, you're not like a magician. You can't just wave your wand and it's going to change everything. And I think, so it, it's really interesting because I had this moment of, I was like, dang, am I old now? Because I was thinking about it and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about, you know, really like people in college, black people in college. He, we knew a lot of black people. Um, a lot of our friends or fraternity brothers uh, are so pro Bernie Sanders. And it's a lot of like minorities and they're like, you know, we love his ideas and we love that he's going to change this and he's going to do this. And I was like, it's really interesting though, because I feel like maybe I was that gullible for president Obama um, and I say that without saying, and I've said this before, like I really was, I supported Hillary Clinton in 2008 during the primaries because I remember going to her website and I remember hearing her speak and I'm like, she is giving me detail and that's what I need. I need detail. I want detail. I want, you know, not just that this is something that we can do, but I want to know how, and, and that's just me. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm on I'm on board for the hope and change idea. But at the end of the day, I kind of feel like I got to put my eggs in this basket because, you know, you're giving me a little bit more comfort because I want to know Any, anyway. But I was like, you know, maybe that was me doing during the the uh, doing the um, election back in 2008, because I'm hearing people say this and I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah, I hear what you mean. And honestly, I'm on board for the idealism of Bernie Sanders. However, some of these things, like when you think about it, I think I, I think we need to talk about it. We need to. But there's no possible way that you're going to completely change the financial industry overnight in a week, in four years, in heck, in 10 years. Like, it's just not going to happen that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm like, well, maybe I've become too much of a realist because I keep, I'm hearing people say these things and I'm just kind of like, well, I kind of, I, I get it and I understand and, I, and I'm all down for it. But at the end of the day, what's, how is it really going to happen? Like, we can't have these extremes because it just, Everybody has to work together in order for this thing to work. Like, as as liberal as I may be, I have to shut up and listen to conservatives. I have to, like, see it from your viewpoint because this is your country as well. You're a part of this country. I got to, and you know, I got to, we have to find a middle ground to make it work. And that middle ground is, you know, really how it happens. Like, it can't just be all the way this side or all the way that side as much as I think it maybe it should be all the way this side. But it's like, you know. I got to be open to it. And that's 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 what I think people are missing when you we're not considering like, I don't know, when I'm I'm hearing a Donald Trump or even some of like and not all of everything that Bernie Sanders is that. But sometimes he's saying some things like, again, we're going to end racism. And it's like, bro, free college. It, 
is it retroactive? <laughs> like, can I can can you go back and just say you paid for my college so I can stop paying this dang on student loan? <laughs> I know, right? That'd be nice. Right, for real, for real. <sighs> well, Kim K wants us to see some more of her, apparently. And Bette Midler is not here for it. In the funniest, funniest tweet I've seen in a long time. Like, Kim Kardashian tweeted a nude selfie today. If Kim wants us to see a part of her we've never seen, she's going to have to swallow, swallow the camera. Like, my friend said it to me, and I, I bust out laughing. I'm, like, literally just walking out of a meeting at work. I pull out my phone and I like look at the picture and I just start cracking up because I was like, what? Like, it's just, yeah. And then I went and saw the picture and then I went to Twitter. Of course, I'm always, I'm like, let me verify that this is a real thing before I actually like start sending out to people. Then I just start sending out to everybody because it was, it was one of those things like just when you, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but when you, you're in that moment, like. I wasn't expecting that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you hear people say stuff. Oh, she's a hoe. Oh, she's this. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, like, after a while, it does get old. Like, all right. I mean, she. If it's another new. Like, you, why are you commenting on it? But, like, old Bette Midler came out with a, <laughs> if you want us to see something different, you have to swallow the camera. Cool thing was, uh, what's the name? The Shade Room posted uh, her clapback. Kim Kardashian's, like, clapback, which was something like, uh, because apparently a few people tweeted, so she went and responded. But she started off like her Twitter rant by saying, "Like I just, sorry guys, I was out cashing an eighty million dollar check, and I just uh transferred fifty three million dollars into our joint account from like my game, which is like, dang. I mean, you know, I don't know if she really got eighty million dollars, but I know she's definitely making some bank from these little games and these Kimoji apps. Like, it just blows my mind how much people really buy into Kim Kardashian, like." It's yeah. unbelievable. I, I do not keep up with them. I and I don't know why people care. I don't understand. But, hey, she's making money, and, you know, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants the dollar. So, hey. Yeah, I guess Keep so. on. Keep on keeping on. Swallow that camera next time so we can see something <laughs> new, though. <laughs> and, guys, with that, we will be back. Well, we're back with our main dish. Our main dish. Hey. I felt that in my soul. All right. You had a little... Did you did you take it up an octave? Was it a... Was it a new? I just... It was it. It was a feeling on the inside. It was the feeling on the inside. Okay. I mean, yeah. you got soul. Hey. Yeah. That's it. Lisa got soul. Lisa got soul. Lisa got S-O-U-L soul. Yep. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you introduce this. <laughs> Oh gosh. So this main dish, yo, I you guys have probably heard about it. Um so there's a photo that came out of uh Michael B. Jordan and uh Ryan Cogler. Did I say it right? I, his last name I don't, I always remember. Cogler. Is it it's Cogler, right? I I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm always like a little leery if I if I got his name right. Sorry if if it's not Cogler, if it's like Coogler or if it's something else, I really do apologize. Anyway, so 
Ryan, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Cogler, uh, there's a photo that came out. They, Vanity Fair did a, an interview on them, did a spread on them. If you guys don't know who they are, uh, Michael B. Jordan is the star of the movie Creed. He's also in Fruitville Station, as well as he played, he's the first black Johnny Storm for the Fantastic Four. For anybody that listens to the show that doesn't know any of those other two movies, Fantastic Four is more universal. Anyway, so he's a black guy in there, right? So Ryan Cogler is the director um, of Creed as well as um, Fruitville Station. So, you know, they're friends. They work together. Uh, apparently, they're like friends, like like actual friends, not just, you know, colleagues or work buddies. But they're actual friends outside. So anyway, they do, you know, photo shoot for the, the interview and for the spread. They post a photo. Vanity Fair chooses a photo. And the photo is of Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Cogler. Ryan Cogler, Michael B. Jordan is kind of like facing towards the camera. Ryan Cogler is sideways. Michael B. Jordan has his arm like around the back of his head. And you can see that his hand is kind of like on the top of um, Ryan Cogler's head. So they make that that photo makes it. And we'll actually put, post out, send a link out to, to the photo if you guys haven't seen it. If you haven't heard this, you've probably been living under a rock. Like, cause it literally, I saw it once and then I kept seeing the same photo over and over and over again. And I'm like, what's up with this photo? Like, why do I keep seeing this? And then I saw one article that said, uh, uh, it was like, it said something about the gay agenda and or the, it was like the gay agenda again or something like that. And then I clicked on it and I read it and I was like, are we serious guys? So anyway, the picture was posted and made uh Facebook and there are a number of people that started commenting on the pic start commenting on the picture. People are saying that, oh, you know, this is the gay agenda again, Vanity Fair, out of all of the photos that they chose, um, or that they took, they chose to use one that emasculates men, it's showing black men in a less than mac masculine light, you know, why did they choose this? Here's the gay agenda at play all over again. And people really like some of the comments it was people were serious about this like people were really 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 in their feelings about this photo and <sighs> just it's so many different levels i had a text conversation with uh one of my homeboys and we were talking about it and this text conversation lasted for like probably maybe like a smooth hour of us going back and forth um just us like diving into the different areas that go into it so anyway i'll just leave it open to you lisa we'll start we can start it off what, what did you think about the photo how did you feel about it i didn't think anything got the photo when i saw it i was like oh okay i didn't know it was going to be like that much of an uproar like they're not standing each other's eyes they're not even that close i don't even understand like how you can really misinterpret this right and maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just that I really just thought it was a photo. But, I mean, people put their hands on people's head all the time. Like, what is this? They're both looking at the camera. They're not even looking at each other. I don't get it. Yeah. I would have never said, like, this is some kind of secret thing. And, I mean, I I just don't understand. It's not like, it's people hugging on pictures. I don't understand. And we don't think anything of that. Why, why is it? They're legit looking at the camera. There's a, a good distance between them. And he just has his hand on his head. Right. And it, it, I, don't, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. 
the photo in itself. So you think about like when you see photos of, and this is something I, I, I thought about. I was like, you know, when you see typical photos of black men, right? Because a, a lot of the, a lot of the, and there's another, there was, I saw people say like, you know, why does this always have to be, you know, a, a, a race thing? Why do you always have to talk about it being a black man? And because there are a lot of people of, of another homeboy of mine, one of his friends actually wrote a piece about it for Medium. Um, and he, he wrote it on Medium and he was basically saying like, you know, this this idea of black men being emasculated and, you know, kind of just these very tight lines and tight uh this defined box of what black male masculinity is. Right. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of people that I saw, I saw that started saying like, you know, why does it have to be a race thing? Why are you talking about black men? You know, I don't think people's issue was, was about it being black men more so about it being men. And I'm like, well, no, if you look at the, the initial comments that I saw, there was like, I think when the, the photo was initially posted or something like that, maybe Vanity Fair posted it. They had like 300 and some comments in like a few hours. And most of the comments were people and these are black people saying like, you know, can't believe they would do this. Like, why are they making it seem like all black men are feminine and stuff like that? And it's like I started thinking about it. I was like, when you see the the normal photo of because, you know, I'm always trying to play devil's advocate. So I'm try, always trying to get the other part is like when you see a photo of black men it's usually like if they're on the magazine you know if it's like a group of them they'll have like their arms around we'll have like arms around their shoulders or it'll be like you know they're standing next to each other or or whatever even this takes me back to vivica fox's comments about like um 50 cent and soldier boy having the little questionable photo right Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's whatever, you, however you feel about that photo, I feel like it kind of plays in. It follows that along that same line of, well, you can't do this as a black man and be a straight black man or not be gay or not be wanting, you know, interested in a man or whatever. And it's just kind of like we start to really dive into what this does. And I feel like we are doing it. in our community as well you're basically saying like hey you cannot do this because that makes you gay but the thing that frustrates me is like well okay check this right so we have these these very defined lines of like this is what you can or can't do in order for you to be this makes you like a a real man real men do this real men do this and and It, it, when I'm talking to or I'm reading comments of women saying and I'm like, but these are the same women. You basically box men into this place where you can't express emotion. You cannot be, you know, you can't say to your brother like, yo, I love you, bro. Like and I remember even for myself, that was one of the hardest things for me to say. Like, I remember my dad used to be like, I love you. And I was like, all right, like why are you telling me this like stop it like this is so awkward like my dad when we were leaving he'd be like i want to give you a hug and i'm like bruh could you just leave me alone like this is so awkward like why but i'm like why is this awkward right we're not like oh my gosh i love you and i want to be on you or you know what i'm saying like it's like that's not what's happening is it's an expression of appreciation for who you are in our relationship. Like, I appreciate you for being in my life. I appreciate you for, you know, challenging me. I appreciate you heck, for just being there for me to like clown with and us me to have a good time. Like, yo, that's good. That's something that we should be able to do. And it's like when 
you say or we have people or even these these people that are in comments that are complaining when you do things like that. But then you also complain that, you know what, men, men are cheating men. It's a shame that men can just have sex with all these women and not have no emotions tied to it. It's a shame that a man could just treat somebody like this and not have not have empathy for them and not care about their life or not care about their feelings, or their emotions. Girl, I've been telling him how I feel and he still keeps doing the same thing. But then you'll like turn to your son or you'll turn to a little boy and be like, man up, stop crying. Men don't cry. Don't, you know, men don't do this. Men don't do this. It's like you train somebody to be detached from their emotions. And then when they become an adult with some money, some power and something that you want and they stay, remain detached from their emotions, then you complain. Like, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't what is this supposed to be? And I think the, the it just frustrated me. This whole topic just frustrated me so much because I'm like, we're not making the connections of what these things mean. Like, is the photo awkward? Yeah, it's a little awkward because it's kind of like, well, I don't really understand like why his hand is on his head. Like, I literally saw the photo and I didn't think anything of it at all. But then when I kept seeing it, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, let's check the pose. It's a little awkward that he has like his hand on the back of his head. But it's one of those things that I'm like, maybe if we see the full image and the full photo, it's probably just kind of like we were taking a bunch of poses like and we just kind of stopped at this one. And heck, it worked. It was like, this is the shot. We got the shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that there was somebody behind saying, you know what? This is how we're going to make you guys appear like your lovers. Like it isn't. And I'm like, the photo it, it just looked like look a candidate. Like yeah. You know what I'm saying? It really just looks like they were taking a bunch of poses. This, they kind of was like this. And it was like, all right, let's take it like this. That worked. You like it? All right, cool. Like, I don't even think that there was that much thought into it. I didn't even see if uh, either one of them uh, made a statement about it, but I just would look, I wanted cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're kind of like, all this buzz from a photo? <laughs> like, yeah. They probably like, we not going to feed these trolls. Right. Like, we weren't even, this wasn't even a thing. We weren't thinking I'm about like, it. It's not even that deep, guys. For the people who like, you know, went on these like things about it's their gay agenda. And I'm just like, it's not even that deep. Like, I, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're fully clothed. Yeah. There's it, nothing... To me, it's nothing remotely I see. I guess it's just I'm just used to seeing people that are affectionate towards each other and there's nothing going on with them. Right. And for me, this this didn't scream, oh, my gosh, there's something going on. For that, I would feel like they need to be looking at each other's eyes, you know, a little bit more close contact. Maybe some clothes missing. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. you can maybe make... Then you can try to... Make that maybe, parallel. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but I just don't... I'm not seeing how we got there from two fully clothed people not looking at each other and one just resting their head on the hand and their elbow on another person's head. Like, seriously? Yeah. Is that what we come to? That we went and taken this much... Put this much... It read that much into a photo. Right. So here, here's another thing. You mentioned it. We kind of mentioned it too. And another thing I want to just kind of want to discuss and talk about and just see what you think about it. So what do you think about this idea of this there being a gay agenda? And like, do you feel like, number one, is there a gay agenda? And then number two, is this gay agenda like 
is it everywhere or is it just like in some places like what how do you feel about that whole idea topic well you know according to my good friend um brian karn he said you know it's thriving (laughs) um (laughs) no all jokes aside you have to listen to last week's to get that joke if you didn't listen to last week's i think that the lgbtq um community is trying to normalize make that they want to be represented in society Mm -hmm. properly represented on media um so most people would say that's they would in the minds of a lot that's synonymous with the gay agenda um i think every every interest group has an agenda to to be push in the media Mm -hmm. um now i think how we define gay agenda is different i would say a gay agenda is just like any other group that wants to get their viewpoint pushed in the media right um but i think people have made it to be a something that's bigger than that you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't know like it's this cosmic force it's like yeah it's like a it's like a background conspiracy like let's get it this is what i when i hear this is what i hear i hear like there's like a group of people that's sitting around right and they're like you know what let's convert all the black men to being gay and i've i see the people post about these things all the time like and you know it's kind of like when you look at I feel like Facebook really just kind of describe it tells you too much about people. That's why I usually stay off. I'm post. Let me post post a picture and then I can look at like a culmination of pictures together. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, people think what they want to think, whatever. But I look at all of the like all of your pictures. I feel like Facebook people just really want to give you a lie. Like they really just want to give you too much of their business. What's that Geico commercial that's like oversharing? Like I feel like people overshare. Like just shut up. Um, but really, I feel like people. Think about think about it as a like you said, it's like a cosmic force. It's like, let's just go in and infiltrate all black men and let's just make them all gay. And I'm like, guys, I don't know. And I mean, I really would have to see some like hardcore evidence to believe that somebody is actually trying to do to do that. I I feel like it's with anything people want to be. If this is your reality, if this is your life, if any group of people want wants to be represented in media because they're you know this is i i consume these things i support this so i want to see myself there this is something that's been there you know all the time i think one of the issues that i take with this this idea of when i hear people start talking about a gay agenda it's almost like you're looking for it in any and everything and i feel like that's where it comes up for me in this photo is like you you keep that present in your mind. And so you'll see something that should be celebrated. It's two black men that Vanity Fair is saying like, hey, you know, we want to we want to do a story on you guys. We this this duo, this thing you guys have like this, this director actor combo. It's been really successful. Honestly, it's produced two great films, one film that, you know, has been really good. And you guys, on top of that, like you didn't, you know, the Oscars kind of shut you out. Let, let's let shed light on this moment. Let's put this out. And it's like you kind of have the gay agenda police that are saying, oh, well, you know, this this is them trying to make black men emasculated. And it's like, yeah, no, like I don't <laughs> I don't. 
How do you even get that from how do you get that from this photo? But what what in you makes what about you? What in you makes you see this photo and automatically go there? Uh, the same the same guy I mentioned, Damon, uh, he wrote for The Root. He wrote a piece that called that's called The Gay Agenda Explained. And so he gets to like the second, I think it was like the second page or something like that. And he's explaining, um, he said he was driving around with expired register, expired registration stickers for two weeks. And now Lisa, you might notice, I told you I was riding dirty for a little while earlier this year. So like that kind of resonated <laughs> with me. Cause I was like, yo, that, that was me. Like somebody else was doing that just this year. Wow. So anyway, so riding around with the, the expired registration or whatever, um, now, I paid for it. It was coming in the mail, but I just took a little while to get it. So anyway, but he was talking about it. And so the, the the example that he used and it just like really connected. So he was saying, like, you know, because I was driving around with uh with an expired ta- expired sticker, expired tag, essentially, um, I started noticing other people's tags. Right. So as I'm driving, I literally am looking at everybody's. And it was funny because literally I just went through this like a couple months ago. I was riding dirty. Um, I never pay attention. I didn't even know people up here had like I've never paid attention to like the the intricacies. I'll just look and be like, oh, it's a D.C. tax, Maryland tax, Virginia tax, whatever. But I'm looking at and seeing the expirations, and I actually noticed there's a lot of people. I saw some, I saw somebody with a 2014 sticker on their tag, and like I was like, wait, what? So of course, you know, riding around, he's explaining how he's riding around, so he's starting to know notice it as well. So what he does is just kind of makes a parallel to people that he was like, you know, whatever it is, whatever you feel like, um, whatever it is that you're hiding. You, you're conscious of that all the time. And because you're conscious of it all the time, you end up looking at it and pointing out and noticing it. And he was like, you know, um, what I realize is that maybe people that keep harping on like there's this gay agenda and you can notice it in something as innocent as like this photo. Like feel how you feel, how you want to feel, believe what you want to believe at the end of the day, like. I I always say, well, at the end of the day, I remember having a, a conversation with one of my good friends and she's like really, really adamant about, you know, they're promoting the gay agenda and everything. And I was like, well, you always have the option. Just turn your TV off. Well, I shouldn't have to. And I was like, but do you realize that's the same thing Anglo-Saxon said about black people? Like, I shouldn't have to see you on my TV screen. Like, although there's an option to turn it, Stacey Dash is saying we don't need BET because it's just all black people. But she has the option to turn her channel to, you know, whitewashed world. Like, you can watch whatever you want to watch. It's your choice. Like, just cut it off and shut up. Anyway, but he was saying, like, you know, people are... You're, you're you're making these cases and, and, and if you're you're looking for this stuff, perhaps and just it's just an assumption, maybe it's because you're trying to you're always conscious of it in yourself and you're always looking at it from other people. Or maybe it's not for yourself. You're trying to you think about it in somebody else that's in your life that's close to you that you don't haven't had a conversation with or you don't want to have the conversation. So it's like you're always just trying to look for ways to identify it to make sure you're aware of it and it's so weird because i'm like yo sometimes there's just things that happen like i've never paid attention to anybody's tag until it was something that i you know was important to me like heck i don't want to get caught for having this tag but then it literally as soon as 
I got my new sticker. I put my sticker on and I haven't, again, haven't paid attention to anybody's tag ever because I don't care about it. Like (laughs) my day to day life, I'm thinking about other stuff that actually matters. And to me, that's productive and that's going to do something. Who cares to look at somebody's tag? And I think it's it's one of those things that even with this idea of like, oh, you know, somebody's pushing a gay agenda. I'm like, well, just with anything we have the ability to not consume it. Like if you don't want to consume it, don't consume it. And censorship, I think media has changed and shifted so much. Um, You know, you think about, I love Lucy and Lucy and and Ricky weren't even in the same bed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As far as like TV, there's been such a, there's been such a shift in what's shown on TV. So, if we're going to protest, you know, there's this thing about just consistency. And so I think something that I really try to consistently challenge myself on is, okay, when I make an argument about a specific thing, am I being consistent across the board? You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, this, if, if you in fact, you know, endorse there's, a homosexual agenda, then you have to say, well, there's an adulterous agenda on TV with scandals. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's a premarital sex agenda on TV. Um, You know, consistently there's, I think this push towards normal, normalizing things on television. Um, But if you're going to watch it, then I mean, you can either, like you said, turn and not watch it but if you're gonna watch it and then complain about it then it seems like you should just not seems like you're seems like you're interested right (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing you know you can't you know say man you know it's just so much stuff on on this on tv and then watch it then it's kind of counterproductive for you to complain it's like if you're completely against it then don't watch it. Don't give it ratings. And that's your right. I'm completely yeah. against uh, Preachers of ATL. I refuse to watch it. Yeah. I refuse to click on the Facebook Don't hate and give it. them yeah. any of my ratings on the video. Right. I can't get them. I probably won't be able to get them off air. I just won't give them my ratings. Exactly. And only my one rating. You know, you know, just don't partake in it. And I think we can all agree media tries to normalize some things or it things are normalized through media. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people have and when things are shown to them repeatedly, it it becomes something they deem as normal. You know, that's why people want representation in in media because they want to be viewed. They don't want to be characterized in these certain lights. You know what I'm saying? That's why we want proper representation in media for African-Americans because people have caricatures for African-Americans. People have caricatures for the LGBT community. You know what I'm saying? So people want proper representation to represent them in a way that they deem appropriate for their, um, in a sense, minority you know it's not the dominant thing in culture so um yeah yeah this is this is true and i think i honestly think that 
I feel like that's what it that's that's what it's for. Like that's what again, you control what you consume, turn like turn just turn the channel. Turn the TV off. You, you listen to the radio, read a book, educate yourself, learn about something. It, you know, go for a walk outside. It's free. Like you don't even have to pay for cable if you do that. Like there's just so much and again, this is I, I've I realized as well. There's so many things, and that's why it goes back to me saying, like, you know, I take issue with this state, this statement of "Make America Great," because again, like, "Make America Great Again," um, as if like it's a knock saying that we aren't great now. It's a knock to you know all the progress that have been made in many areas and in many industries, things that have improved for certain people. It it just not, it kills all of that, and it's almost to me. I, I venture to say that like the idea of it is it's not patriotic. Like you'll have people that's like I'm such a patriot, but then you'll be like make America great again. But it's like wait, are, how are you patriotic? Like how how is that? a statement of somebody that it loves their country or that honors their country. And like, I, it just really, really bothers me. Cause it's like, we were, there's certain things that have been just the norm. And we were told we're the norm for so long, even thinking about it, watching, I was watching uh, the show Fuller house with my friend. Um, and she mentioned, she was like, you know, this show is really corny, um, but there's like this nostalgic reason for me watching it because I used to watch it as a kid. The only the unfortunate thing is watching this and seeing that this show thrive and it is an all white cast. The first, like the, the only hint of a black person that we got was uh, TJ it was smart guy. And he was like super, super bright. And so that comes into this other level of like colorism and what's acceptable and what's beauty and all this other stuff. And it's like today it, it's a struggle for me to watch this type of show. And I'm the first person to tell you like, yo, I feel like any show that's produced needs to have a diverse cast. You need to have it. You need to have multiple different people represented. No, do I want you? I don't want you to pull in some tokens and throw tokens in there. But I definitely feel like you should not have just an all white heterosexual cast that is not the world that we live in today it's just not a proper representation like i'm sorry like yes you know you can it can be a majority i feel like this might be a certain subsect or a community but they need to have some interactions with some other people and if not you're just not it's not just not a show that represents me so i'm not going to watch it so I feel like the show needs to, it needs to represent, you know, the world and like, however you feel about it, you just have to acknowledge and realize that for so long, like my friend was mentioning, she was like, back then, that's all we had. Like we, we didn't have, you know, we, there were certain, like UPN, I mean, everybody remembers UPN. UPN had all the black shows, like all the black shows at one point in time came on UPN, but it's like, really, that's all we had. Like if we wanted to see, the popping shows are the most popular shows. They always included an all white cast. You think about the show Friends. It's such a popular show, such a huge show, but it's all white. Oh, it's all an all white, white cast. cast. Yeah. And so it's like 
there's without ha you don't we didn't have that representation so this is why it's important for people we want it to be represented i i realize now like we have so many different um options of shows that are coming up that we can watch and we can see people that reminds i can see somebody that reminds me of my aunt somebody that reminds me of you know my uncle my cousin my grandma all these people like all of these different personalities i can see in multiple in multiple shows and it's something i can identify with it takes me back to this journey of my childhood and i get to laugh or i can cry about something or i can you know talk about something the, the episode of blackish that talked about President Obama. I've had a conversation with so many people about that episode because it's something that was so real to how our lives and our family, that's important. So it's like, we can't, thinking about what we have and what we, we, back in the day when things were, people just weren't represented. It's kind of like, yo, you should be represented on television. You should be able to turn on the television and see it because I can look at Fuller House as a representation of once upon a time, I didn't have this. Once upon a time, we didn't have this. And so now we have it and I realize the benefits of it. So people of other communities, I get it. Like you, you should be represented. And if, if, if I don't want to, if I don't like that representation much, like I can just say, Hey, I'm not going to watch this show because there's no people represented on here. I can say, Hey, because this type of person or this type of idea is represented. I'm not going to watch this show. So I'm going to turn it off. Like, and th we, there's, I literally could probably go on for days about this because there's so many different like levels. And I think we could start getting into the, this topic of people saying like, Oh, well, you know, it's interesting how sin is just being promoted. I had, it's actually a family member, whatever. I th actually think they listen to the show, but whatever. <laughs> we'll have a conversation later. But they were like, you know, it's so sad how sin is promoted on television. Um, so often with all of these sex scenes and with all of uh with 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 all of this uh homosexuality and i was like but what was boomerang back in the 90s and you love that movie <laughs> what was it the movie it that you you scared me straight watching this movie as a kid what is that this is a clown killing people is that not Thou shall not kill. Like, what are you talking? It's it's, it's really. I'm I think it has to be because that's why I was saying it has to be consistent. Um, because I think that we all could get caught up. I think when it's something new, then we 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 don't realize that we've been celebrating a certain thing before. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my favorite movies is Brown Sugar, right? When you think about brown sugar, it's very immoral. Don't even remember it, but go ahead. Uh, Sanaa Layton, um, Tay Diggs, Brown Sugar and Love and Basketball, two favorite black classics, but you say you oh, don't like those. Anyway, in Brown Sugar, he, his, he cheats on his wife and they get a divorce and then he ends up with his uh, childhood friend. So this whole thing is like you're celebrating at the end. Oh man, they got together, and then you think about it. Well, he he got divorced. Like, should we really be celebrating this? Like, you know what I'm saying? It seems like the happy ending, but then it's like, well, is it really happy? So again, you're celebrating something that would be deemed as bad. 
You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, yeah I, I'm glad they had divorced. And it's kind of like, well, that's kind of not the right thing. Right. Um, but, you know, because you get caught up in it. And I think that's what we don't see sometimes our blind spots. And I've been there like, man, that's really wrong. And then you like, if it's a movie, we tend to, it's, if it's something we like, we'll justify it. If it's you something we don't, it, if it's something that is new and we see it and we're like, oh, then we don't. So it's kind of like if you're going to take a hard stance, you have to be consistent across the board because people are going to kill you with your blind spots. Exactly. But I mean, I just feel like, you know, we just, it's it's okay to have your opinion. I'm still, you know, very traditional when it comes to, you know, marriage and, you know, me being conservative in that right. But I really understand that if I'm going to take a hard stance, I have to be consistent, especially when it comes to media. Exactly. Or what I'm saying is not going to be valid. You know what I'm saying? To somebody yeah. disagrees because they're going to easily pick out my blind spots. So what I have to do is continuously check myself and say, okay, Lisa, if you're going to take this stance, make sure you're consistent across the board. If you're not consistent, then you're going to have a hard time um, navig- defending your position. Right. And I think it's okay. I say this all the time. It is absolutely okay for you to disagree with with anything. Right. I've said this before. If you are a old white conservative person that just hates the idea of black people. As much as I disagree, as much as it sucks, as much as I would look at you like, are you serious? I would debate with you all day about how ignorant you are. At the end of the day, you can think that way. Like, you are do that right. So if you believe that, you know, heck, I don't want to deal with black people. I don't want to ever. It sucks. And I, I think we I need to try to, like, regulate and create policies that will help minimize your ability to pigeonhole or to put a black person behind but at the end of the day that is your opinion you can have that so there's nothing wrong with you disagreeing with something or saying that something isn't right i think the problem truly becomes in when you try to say that because i disagree or because i don't believe that this is then this is oh you know this is wrong or you know this shouldn't be there and 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 the world is just so bad because this is changed and it's like well you know you like check like let's check your let's check yourself let's check just what you just check let's just check what you're doing in this statement let's check what you you're saying in this situation again as i said in in terms of my family member let's check the media that you consume you love boomerang like i only know about that movie because of you so like you know it's just kind of like yeah. and our blind spots are tied in the make? things we like yeah and that's it's it's unfortunate but we have to like continuously examine our own selves so we'll have grace for other people you know what i'm saying it's It's like when you don't when you don't check your own self then you are very dogmatic without realizing considering your own self and then thinking okay you know let's you know let's let's approach this with a little bit of empathy you know exactly. what I'm saying? Let's let's consider this and let's approach it differently. With um, our good friend Common. First name Common, last name Sense. <laughs> when we talk to our good friend Common Sense, it just it, it just makes life just so much better. Yeah. Everything and I think we all just works well. 
everybody deserves, I believe everybody deserves proper representation in media. And one of my friends that's an actress, she was like, you know, you know, I, one thing that Christians should learn from the, that the LGBT community does well is they make sure they're represented in the light they want to be represented on media. And that's something that, you know, as people that are people that want to see Christians represented in the media differently, that's something they should take note of. Like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now, we don't want to see all Christians just judgmental and Mm -hmm. all these caricatures in media. But yet, instead of using our time and money and effort to get proper representation, we use it to bash other people groups. And what would be smarter is just develop, you know, good representation of ourselves in media. Exactly. Develop content, develop, you know, things that can be put out that, again, it speaks to who you to the elements of your community the elements of your interest group if you will like mm-hmm. there's there's those positive representations that you can say hey you know what i identify with this person and that person still is a christian that person still you know believes everything that that, that a traditional christian will believe and they are a great person and they're a fun person and they're not this you know just stuck up brick that has no concept of what's happening in the world no depth to them besides you know going to every scripture that's in the bible like about everything you can be like oh i woke up this morning well thank god for the birds and the bees and the flies and thank god for this carpet that i'm stepping on and you can't make a move without asking god god can i walk to the bathroom to pee like chill I, like that that's not you, you know like who that made me think person? of one of my friends one of my friends said their auntie instead of saying hello she says heaven high because hell is low. <laughs> that's too like so that's too much. I remember a friend telling me that I should not make a move. I remember one of my friends was like, you know it tickles what? We're me. sinning against oh, God goodness. every time we make a move without asking them. And he literally was like, you know, when you decide that you want to go to the bathroom, you should talk to God about it. You know what? I like my mindset. I just <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> He gave me this body part because I have to, you know, release fluids and I got to (laughs) go. I think he would want me to go like that's just, you know, it's just like those situations. But but those things, if we see that as represented in media all the time, you know, you need to say like, hey, yo, check this. Like as a Christian, that's not real, bro. Like (laughs) that's a caricature. Maybe there is somebody that exists out there, but I'm here to tell you. I'm a Christian. I'm a Bible toting, you know, Holy Ghost feel, believe in Christian. And I don't do that. If I have to go to the bathroom, I just go take a pee. <laughs> and that's what it is. So anyway, y'all hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC. Let us know what you think. What do you think about the photo of 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 uh, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan? Y'all Cogler? let Michael live. What do you think about uh, the whole idea of there being a gay agenda in media? Is that in everything? Do we need to be cognizant of it or look for it? Or do people need to be? I ain't going to say if we need to because I have better things to do with my time. But what what do you think about just this whole discussion? Hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up on Twitter at BrunchCulture on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And make sure that you guys... 
Write us reviews on iTunes. Hit us up with re- reviews. Let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know what you think about the show in general. Good, bad, the ugly. We want to see them. And we will be back with our toast or roast. Everybody get up. Right, and we are back for the toast or roast. Uh, I got a light toast this week. Um, toast it up. Yeah. Toast, toast, toast it up. Really light, light toast. It's a, it's a, it's a shout out. Really, um, I actually saw uh, the interview that the Breakfast Club was it? What's that? Yeah, it was the Breakfast Club. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm losing my mind. Anyway, I saw a. Uh, um, an interview with Jared Carmichael on to, on the Breakfast Club today. He did an interview for his show, The Carmichael Show. Now, if you guys have never seen um, The Carmichael Show, first off, you're miss you're missing out. Uh, it comes out or it comes on ABC. I think it's on ABC. They had the, the last first pilot season was six episodes. Uh, it was came out last year. It's on Hulu. You should watch it to catch up on it. This Sunday. The show actually premieres again for the second season. The show is a really good family funny show. Um, it really does remind me of my my family members. Like I can David Alec Greer plays the dad, Loretta Devine plays the mom, Jared Carmichael, he's like the main character. He's a stand up comedian. Um I was actually watching his Breakfast Club interview and apparently he has like jokes about being raped and jokes about uh, Trayvon Martin and you know I don't know how I feel about that so that's a whole other thing I was like you know I might just have to stay away from his stand up because I feel like he'll say something he said like he had a conversation with Spike Lee he basically Spike Lee thought his Trayvon Martin joke was like offensive and he feels like people he does it because he's like comedy supposed to challenge you or whatever anyway I just want to toast to the Carmichael show the the six episodes from the first season that I saw is really really good. Everybody that I've that I know of watched it is really enjoyed the show. But the show is going to come out again this Sunday. Season two is going to be this Sunday at nine o'clock on ABC. So y'all check out the Carmichael show. They're actually supposed to be talking about Bill Cosby on this show. So they're supposed to be talking about like playing this whole idea of like I think the premise is somebody got tickets to go see Bill Cosby and. They want to go actually see his stand up, but they're like, there's like this debate back and forth, you know, within the black, this black family about should you support him? Should you not support him? Did he do it? Didn't he do it? Like, it seems like it's going to be real interesting, but the show in itself is good. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's light comedy. It's not like you how to get away with murders or your scandals where you're on cliffhangers and you got to follow everything. It really is something that you can just kick back and watch and you can laugh and you can watch it with your family. And I feel like kids won't get some of the things that like back in the day like there were a lot of things that happened in sitcoms back in the day that you know they would say and i'd be like i didn't know what that was and i'd listen to it now and i'm like <laughs> oh that's what it was so i feel like it's that type of show it's a good family friendly show it's fun it's funny it's good check it out toast to the carmichael show toast to them i want to roast um the people on spirit airlines that were fighting yikes Apparently, there was a girl fight. About to be a girl fight. What is that, Brooke? What happened to her? We don't know. Anyways, um, there was a girl fight because of a boombox. Somebody decided to play their their, uh, 
their radio loud without headphones and that caused the fight. People, I just feel like, listen, we're, that would have freaked me out. I don't do well with flying. Uh, so I would have been really freaked out if somebody would have started fighting. It's like, is that serious? Do you think, like, think before you swing. Think about your surroundings. Think about other people. Now this flight got to be, uh, got to be delayed because we got to emergency land because of your nonsense. And you done caused all these other people to be inconvenienced because you want to play your speak out loud. What? Yeah. I- Don't be selfish, people. That's my roast. I would have been so upset if I was on there. I thank God I wasn't on there. And uh, I've never flown Spirit. That's what I, I hear it's not say. a great experience. I'm, the moral of the story is just don't fly Spirit. I think that's what it is. <laughs> like, the moral of the story is, yeah, just stay off Spirit Airlines. Like, in my mind, it was a small plane anyway. So, I, I don't even like when people... I don't feel like you should even get up on the small plane. Like, I remember... Riding on this really small, I think it was like for Delta, they had these, they have these like little small planes where you got to walk out on the runway to climb up in the thing and the door folds out and they got the steps on it. I don't even like the idea of that. No, I shouldn't be on this. And it's not <laughs> like a jet plane, like a luxury plane. This is like a. You can't go yeah. to Lynchburg. No. Because yeah, you got to get no. on the little crop, a little uh, propeller plane. Heck no, I'm not getting on it. But the fact I, I remember being on that plane and somebody standing up to go to the bathroom and I'm just looking like, are you serious? This is an hour and a half flight. Hold it. As my <laughs> my math teacher used to tell me, cross your legs and hold. And if you can't hold it, what nothing there to hold? Like, is you no, this should not be a thing. You should not be getting up to go use the bathroom. This little behind plane. So I would have lost it. That's yeah. <laughs> What we want to leave you with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe is good vibe is how many times have you missed what was possible because you were focused on what was missing? And that's by Stephen Furtick. Mm. Y'all, I say it all the time. Just do it. Just do the work. Just go for it. Um, It'll never be the right time. Conditions will never be perfect. You just have to do it. You have to just make it happen. It's that simple. Well, as always, guys, we thank you so much for listening to Brunch Culture. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. Make sure y'all hit us up on iTunes. Make sure you comment. Uh, leave us reviews. We, we we love to see the reviews. Reviews help us. Will help us get some sponsors for the show. Help us keep going and fuel momentum and just get everybody involved with these brunch culture conversations. Make sure you check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. Hit us up on Twitter at brunch culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. And remember, here at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.